listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. It is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 1st of November 2023. Later, we'll speak with Hebe Chen from IG Markets to find out what happened on the share market today. But first, to the Australian economy and the IMF, which says... The RBA should lift rates while the government curb infrastructure spend to ease inflation. It's part of its annual assessment of the Australian economy. And I spoke with its mission chief to Australia, Abdul Aziz Wan, for more. The word to describe the Australian economy at this juncture of the cycle is resilience. Australia has shown resilience, resilience to tighter financial conditions and resilience also to to high, uh, to, to high inflation. And uh, this is also true if you compare Australia with, with peers. Australia indeed stands out, uh, stands out as the most resilient or one of the most resilient uh, uh, economies among uh, advanced countries. This has some counterpart in terms of hardness of the economy, in terms of the level of prices. Uh, uh, but I mean, to respond squarely to your, to your question, resilience is really the word, the word that describes uh, the Australian economy. Okay, so the IMF says that more needs to be done to bring inflation down. Can we split it up? What's the role of monetary policy? What would you like to see done? The economy is hot, is operating above, above potential. So in light of that uh, hotness of the economy, the advice is to tighten uh, monetary and monetary policy, uh, particularly to, do, uh, to continue basically the tightening cycle that the authorities have started. Uh, in terms of monetary policy and for fiscal policy, the advice is to uh, play a supportive role to help the, the RBA deliver on its mandate to, 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 to stabilise prices. But at the same time, um, this uh, um, could be done in a way that does not put the economy into a recession. So it's a very, very, very fine balance that the RBA authorities and, uh, and the fiscal authorities need to, need to straight here. What's the risk then of not lifting interest rates? Yeah, if interest rates do not rise, what could happen is that in, um, uh, inflation or prices can remain very high. And as you know, uh, high inflation hurts everyone, but hurt really disproportionately people who are at the lowest segment of the income uh, of the income distribution. So this is really not a very good. Uh, it's not a very good outcome for the economy in terms of um, uh, inequality. It's also not a good outcome for the economy in terms of uh, visibility for investors, right? Uh, if you want to invest in an investment project, you want to know uh, 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 what the prices will be uh, in, the, in, the, in, in the future. And high prices, high volatility of prices is not a good indication. It's not a good thing for, for, for an economy. So it's important for the authorities to stabilize the economy and give an environment that is conducive to, uh, to private investment but also uh, to consumption for uh, households. Okay, that's monetary. What about the fiscal side of the equation? To what extent has the government been working hand-in-hand hand with the RBA and is there more than it can still do? I, I think the government has done quite, uh, quite a lot. When I say government, I'm talking about the consolidated or the general government, including the Commonwealth government and the state, um, and the state government. They have done quite a, quite, quite a lot in terms of supporting the work that monetary policy is, uh, is, is doing to stabilise the economy and stabilise price and bring inflation, uh, bring inflation down. For example, the, the, the 
fiscal authorities have received quite um, a lot of windfall revenue coming from higher commodity prices, but also coming from uh, uh, the very uh, uh, dynamic job, job market. They could have spent that money. They have not spent it. They have uh, banked that money. And um, the, the Commonwealth government has delivered the first fiscal surplus, I think, in 15 years. So this is a great, this is a great um, uh, achievement. Obviously, it's always possible to say uh, more, uh, can be, more can be done. And the authorities, I believe, are, uh, are working in that, uh, in that regard. The funds recommendation, the IMF's recommendation, is for the fiscal authorities uh, to, 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 to consider uh, opportunities for reprofiling the investment portfolio. We recognize the importance of investing to support productivity growth, to support the green transformation, but at the same time, this should be done in an environment uh, that does not add to inflationary pressures, right? Because this can be counterproductive, and we think that there's some role for the Commonwealth government to organize a coordination of this uh, uh, investment uh, spending programs. I'd like to touch on a couple of other key parts of your mission statement. Uh, firstly, on the housing market. You touched on rents and the limited housing supply. Is this a global issue or something pertaining to just Australia? You know, the, the increase in prices is a global issue. Uh, this has followed uh, significant monetary and fiscal surpluses at the time of the COVID. It has also uh, followed uh, the disruption in global value chains coming from heightened geoeconomic fragmentation or geopolitical fragmentation. So this increase in prices is a global issue. But lately, but, but lately with the normalization of supply chains, uh, goods inflation has come down, but service inflation is still significant and very high, right, in service inflation. This is the case in Australia. This is also the case in many countries. So the, the, the authorities are across the advanced world are having quite a lot of uh, uh, difficulties in bringing down uh, inflation of services, especially rent, uh, rent, uh, uh, rent inflation. So this is not a unique feature of uh, the Australian economy. What I have learned actually from spending some, so, so, uh, some time in Australia is Owning a house in Australia is pretty important, so the mortgage sector is very important. It seems like there is a one third of people who hold uh, who, who hold a mortgage, uh, but there is also actually quite a lot of other people, especially at the lower end of the income distribution, that are renters. So um, higher inflation, higher rent inflation, hurts these renters, but at the same time increasing. Uh, uh, the mortgage rate through the, the, the increase in the cash rate hurts also uh, uh, um, uh, mortgage uh, holders. So there is again another uh, very uh, another balancing act, right? That the, the RBA needs to walk through uh, to to find really the right uh, uh, the right position in terms of interest rate and monetary policy. The one thing we haven't talked about are external factors, things like China, the higher oil price and geopolitical tensions. Just how much of a risk to the Australian economy are they? We see gross risks relatively balanced, right? Upside and downside risk. Downside risk coming 
from, for example, the external sector coming from uh, coming from uh, coming from China, uh, a, a downturn in China, an aggravation of the property sector challenges in China could have an impact uh, on demand for Australian um, products. This is a significant risk. Also, as we were uh, talking about at the beginning of the conversation. Uh, further geopolitical fragmentation and conflict in other parts of the world can have um, also an impact on uh, Australia, on the demand of Australia uh, product, but also on the, on, on the global value chains, right? Uh, and this will definitely impact Australia. But it actually, in a, in, in a sense, goes both ways because Australia is also a producer of, uh, a producer of, um, of coal, uh, increase in energy prices can also impact Australia through the prices, even though it can have an impact also on the on the volume on on, on the volume side. Uh, but external sector external sector risk are on the on the downside at this uh, at this juncture. But what we have discussed also during that mission is that Australia has actually over the years developed resilience and um, capacity to adopt to to adapt to these shocks, uh, especially shocks, for example, from China, by developing alternative, uh, alternative markets. And this is, again, bringing us back to that uh, uh, first word about uh, resilience of the Australian economy and the authorities and the Australian people should be commended uh, for uh, achieving this. And finally, it might sound like an obvious question, but what do you see as the key risk to the Australian economy? The key risk to the Australian economy, we have uh, talked about it uh, in terms of um, uh, uh, longer-term issues. Um, climate change is an important risk, not only for Australia, but for many countries. The authorities, I think, are sort of working uh, to, to, to develop policies to address this, this risk. But at the same time, uh, productivity decline also an issue that is not uh, that is not unique to australia but that is that we have recorded and documented in many advanced countries the the the, the two decade long now decline in productivity growth needs to be needs to be addressed but australia i believe has uh, uh, the policy it needs and has the resources it needs this uh, uh, um, immigration the uptick in immigration that we are seeing can uh, can help uh, boost productivity can help also address uh, all the uh, challenges of the Australian economy, including the aging population, uh, and um, and boosting growth and shared sustained prosperity for the Australian people. That is Abdul Aziz one there from the International Monetary Fund. Now, market day on the SBS on the Money podcast. The Australian share market rose today. The S&P ASX 200 up by 0.85%. That's our second day of gains in a row following a fall on Monday, which sent the share market into a technical correction. So what's happening? I spoke with Hebe Chen from IG Australia. Yes, indeed. I think the Australian market doesn't have a good month in, the, in October as well as last week, and it dropped up nearly about 10% from its peak. While we do see a bit of the stabilizations into the new week, but I think it's more rather than sometimes a technical um, bounce back when the deep buying opportunities appears to be appealing for some of the investors, as well as we call a new month's optimism that people are seeing, taking a bit of a wait and see, stand see what the new month could bring. However, fundamentally, I would say is that the what sort of the headline, headwinds that we're seeing in October would like to stay in the new month. So I think investors 
be better prepared for the similar volatilities continue into the new months. I think one of the key things to happen is the US Federal Reserve meeting on interest rates. Uh, I think we'll have a decision on Thursday morning. Um, what's the market expecting and what are the implications? So pretty much market is expecting a no change or a pause in tomorrow morning's decision. So what that means that if a pause being confirmed by Fed and they will very likely to be the question about what is next. And now the market is only seeing a 30% chance for a December hike. But if there's no hike in November's meeting, that will pretty much give rise to a chance for a December hike. Apart from that, I think what also market been focused on is what the Fed stands that they're going to do for the new year, for the next year's outlook, as well what they're going to do with the inflation issue. Okay, speaking of central banks, the IMF says that Australia's reserve banks should continue to lift interest rates to beat inflation. What's the market expecting? Yeah, so what basically IMF saying is they're not seeing the inflation in Australia will return to its target range within its target timeline. And that's pretty much taking reference from last week's inflation data. And the market now is seeing that RBA will very much likely to increase another 25 basis point in next Tuesday's meeting. So I think what IMF said today is pretty much give RBA a good reason to follow what the market's expectation. And But what also that market not yet expecting but could potentially happening is that after another 25 basis point, will RBA saying that this is a peak or they will just instant keep emphasize that they are seeing a more hype to come. I think that will be quite of a big wild card that we are expecting for next week. And given all that volatility that you've warned may happen in that first answer, where do you see the opportunities for investors then right now? Well, at this moment, I will be quite cautious about the particular uh, markets because we know there's a lot of things happening. But I do see some of the opportunities approaching. That's especially for some of the big players. They got punished by the like very picky investors, especially for some big players like Alphabet, like Apple. In Australia's case, like a real group. They are not yet to seeing that the fundamental picture has been impacted, but their share price, they all of the share price dropping about 15%, even more than that from its peak. And they are the opportunities potentially when the market getting more stabilized. In the forex market, I believe the Japanese yen will continue to be a hot target for most investors. In the short term view, I do see that the USD versus Japanese yen could potentially keep pushing up. However, I think in the long-term view, I think that 2024 will definitely be a year for that we're seeing a coming back of Japanese yen. Hebe Chen there, market analyst at IG Australia. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.